Oh, yeah. Get some of this In This Corner with Brian Campbell is back and ready to disrupt your work week. This podcast is taking its talents to South Beach this week as the Brian Campbell making a special appearance from the CBS Sports home office in Fort Lauderdale. But not to worry, everybody. The pharmaceutical guru and chief scientist behind that performance-enhancing audio ready to provide you with your fix. You can take the blue pill. You can take the red. Heck, you can even take that black pill that James Kirkland ingested before the Carlos Molina fight. Either way, it's time to get juiced. Boxing so Hot right now. We were forced to schedule an emergency intervention pod because the fight we have ached for, the fight we have longed for, for the past two years has now finally come to fruition. Canelo Triple G, not just a fantasy, my friends. It's a reality. So tell your friends to get with my friends because we can be friends with the big ginger himself, Rafe Bartholomew, bringing them in from Manhattan. Rafe, we can do this every weekend now, or so it seems, because boxing suddenly matters again. So lay it on us. Has your feel spot been activated by the consummation of Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin? It be, I think I heard what will become the most epic sentence ever uttered in boxing. And it was, Golovkin, you're next, my friend. <laughs> Canelo, yeah. Well, I mean, it's great. I'm, I'm pumped. It, Is there fantastic. anything less manly than hearing Canelo average speak English? Anything. <laughs> um I mean, boxing Boxing has given us a lot of guys who have uh, interesting voices. You know, it's, it's, it's part of the sport. Well, Rafe checking in from Manhattan, New York this week. Like we said, special edition of the pod. You're still going to get your WWE fix later in the week on In This Corner. You're going to be hearing a special edition from the MMA side previewing UFC 211. But, Rafe, we got to look back at a wild Saturday night. Started off with Canelo Alvarez versus Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., yeah, you hear that noise? Yeah, you hear that guttural? Uh, just yeah. it was boxing as boxing does takes your money and doesn't care. No, only this time they kind of cared because it was a spinoff. We got the announcement WWE style. Rafe, overall, I come out of this fire and shadow boxing punches so excited. We finally get what we wanted no shenanigans, no funny play. But there is, like I said, I gave you that weird noise. There's a little bit of hangover in play. Total package of Saturday night. Good or bad for the sport, for you as a fan? Are you coming out of there saying, I forget all the sins, I'm excited? Where are you at? Put it this way, Brian. Uh, it's a good thing that we're having this conversation now because on Saturday night, I like like I, it would have been ugly. I was, I was pretty heated. I was pissed off. I felt like, Whoa, uh, you're angry I, at such good news. What do you, where look, are you? Look, look, I like, like most boxing fans and, and people at this point in time in society, like I have the, the memory span of a, of a goldfish. So, but not, at this point, really, I'm just fired. I, I am fired up legitimately. Like I, I, I'm, I'm pumped for Canelo triple G, but Saturday night, right after it happened, I felt, I felt used, man. I felt dirty that, that, you know, they, they, that I had to watch that fight, that, that Chavez, for whatever reason, totally laid down, that it was probably, I mean, you know, we're going to talk about this, and I thought about it, it maybe the worst main event in a pay-per-view in, in what, in recent boxing history, uh, and had to sit through all that, and then, and then to turn around and be like, you know, patting ourselves on the back as part of the great boxing community that, that just, you know, made a good fight. I mean, you know, it goes back to, it, it reminds me of the old, 
Chris Rock joke from the from the first HBO special where he's talking about, you know, fathers who brag that they, they take care of their kids, you know? I take it's care like of my kids, yo. Yeah, yeah, you're bragging for something that you should be doing. You know, boxing is bragging that they made a fight, that, that, the, that a fight got made that should have happened years ago that we had to watch Canelo have, like, three really kind of dumb fights in a row because he didn't want to have it because they were waiting out Triple G and because, you know, whatever. He wanted to fight at Canelo weight and then Chavez weight and then every other weight. Uh, you know, it's great that it's happening, but Saturday night was not a great night. Wow, great Chris Rock bring the pain reference there. I thought you were going another direction. I thought you were going, I never I never hit a woman, but I'll shake the beep out of her. But luckily, you did not go down that road. That line... I'll make him toss my salad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the line I mentioned has not aged well. The line you mentioned has aged perfectly. Rafe, we're going to unwrap and get into all that. Just want to make sure everybody knows, let's set the stage here. Canelo Alvarez defeated Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. by unanimous decision on Saturday. T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. HBO pay-per-view. That was the Super Bowl card for boxing. Cinco de Mayo weekend. All Mexico showdown. Guaranteed action. Guaranteed war. We got none of that. The spinoff we did get, of course, Gennady Golovkin coming into the ring, announcing that September 16th pay-per-view that we've been waiting forever. We're going to get into to that let's just look back first at Canelo Chavez as a fight this may have been the 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 worst pay the, the worst pay-per-view ever is a stretch it might be a stretch I mean there were things that happened in this world that what you were alive for Raphael like Bernard Hopkins versus uh Chad Dawson won okay hey, there were come things on, man. I was in the arena uh and is yes, that LA that Sports terrible, Arena? But at least, at least that gave us some of that, some of that, you know, after the fact laughter. Like, you know, we can still make jokes about we can we can make jokes about Bernard pointing at his shoulder and and all the all the faces that were made after that. And just, <laughs> I mean, that's like up there with like you know uh, Victor Ortiz, you know, pizza throwing, you know, in terms of <laughs> boxing humor. Like we got that that gave us something going forward. This was just all take 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 take. Um, it, okay, you know, if it wasn't the worst ahead. ever. It, it was. It really w- may have been the most one-sided pay-per-view fight in really. And I say modern history. We're talking, you know, ten, fifteen years when a lot of us were really tied into this. I mean, you could point to fights like Floyd Carlos Baldemir, right, where you where you didn't have a lot of expectations and it was a total Floyd sparring Guerrero. match. Floyd Guerrero, Floyd Berto. I mean, but if you're just talking about a score, one twenty to one hundred eight on all three scorecards, Rafe, you really have to crank your mind to try to remember for a fight this big. I mean, it's different than like when Klitschko beats Kevin Johnson one twenty to one hundred eight. Nobody cares, right? On a fight this big on the pay per view level, a couple jumped out to me, right? Like Winky Wright jabbing and ruining the, the greatest hair night in Felix Trinidad's history in two thousand five. It reminded me of that. It reminded me of when Manny got a scorecard over. Algeria that was 120 to 102 that's the that might be the biggest beatdown in in uh in history can you remember a more disappointing slash one-sided fight that maybe you didn't expect to be an all-time great back and forth but you at least expected competition no, I mean, I, I, I cannot. Um, I, the, the other ones that came to mind for me were something like, you know, um, Pacquiao and Margarito, but even that, you know, or Pacquiao and Mosley, that was pretty bad. The, 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 the Manny and Mosley fight was, was might be close to this level. And it also had that feeling where they just, the, the fighters are at least one, you know, in one, at least one fighter just didn't show up. You know, it's just, you're like, why am I, why, this is just, 
not even, you know, it's not worth watching. It's not like, it didn't seem like there was a great performance happening. It just seemed, seemed like, you know, they had agreed to, to, to go through the motions. Well, the Pacquiao-Mosley comparison is, is interesting for me, and I didn't think about that at first, because not only did we see a lifeless performance by Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., not only did we see an awful performance, an uninspired, just left it all out there and was content at a certain point, maybe even in round one, he made an active decision, I'm not going to empty the tank, I am overmatched, I am fine with that. We may have seen on the flip side a Canelo Alvarez who made, like Pacquiao did with Mosley, made that Teddy Atlas silent agreement that says, you don't come forward and ruin my future plans, I won't knock you out. Because it certainly looked by round three, four, or five that we were headed toward a stoppage on potentially cuts and bruises because, I mean, Chavez, who we already know walks face first into oncoming traffic. That's his calling card. Outside of being the son of a legend, that's what he does. He didn't even really do that, but he was just getting lit up ticker tape parade style. It was sad to see that. To make that comparison is even hard to me to make because t- you're actually ripping Canelo, who dominated for not maybe not you know getting that bum out of there. Because look, Chavez pr- pr- put forth a bum performance. So Rafe, if you were gun to your head to try to explain Chavez's performance and your options on the board were conspiracy, he took money to take a fall to allow Canelo Triple G to happen without issue. Or B, he's just straight up a con man who used, who got it back in shape one time to cash that $3 million and didn't care about anything else, didn't want to get hurt. Or three, he just sucks, Rafe, that the same guy who lost 11 and a half rounds against Sergio Martinez pretty much put forth the same performance for 12 against Canelo. Which one of those three are you taking? I'm going con man, Brian. Um, I, you know, I think that... So, and it's gotten worse with Chavez. I mean, we've seen him no-show fights before, or, or but this was something. I mean, I guess the the Bonfara fight was a bit of was was pretty much a no-show as well. Um, he, uh, I, I, it doesn't seem like he wants to be there at all anymore. Like it, it, at least, he at least in the past, while not being very good, he's thrown punches, he's made attempts to to you know to win. And and against Martinez, it made a little bit of sense because I mean, Martinez was such a fast. Uh, a fast middleweight and and mo- moved so well, especially in that fight. He really prepared to to run and box and not run away, but like sort of move and and kind of dance around uh, Chavez and just pepper him with punches from the outside for for you know eleven rounds of that fight until the crazy twelfth round. Uh, that 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 made more sense. This was just Chavez like walking forward and getting cracked uh, and not doing anything. Not really. I mean, it, it's it it. I don't know if something, you know, if, if he had some kind of breakdown mentally or, or I, you know what I don't believe? I don't blame uh, Nacho for this. I mean, uh, Nacho, I, he, I, I, he's Nacho in Chavez's trainer for this fight. Yes, he probably did, like, encourage Chavez to do some boxing that, 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 uh, that Chavez is not capable of. But I, I'm sure he also did not inc- tell him, like, don't punch my friend, you know. Uh, so it, it, I'm going con man, or not necessarily con man, but just sort of broken man who who doesn't want to do this, but he has to because the you know, money's there, and and how do you say no to that money or some version of that? Uh, and uh, it was it was you know ugly and not fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with the con man of the three. I actually thought you were going to go the conspiracy route, not just because. Boxing constantly creates scenarios where conspiracy sometimes is the the theory that would make the most sense. But randomly on, I think it was Saturday morning, there's a boxing writer, author named Gabe Oppenheim on Twitter. I haven't met him. I I don't know much of his work, but he tweeted out that he saw 
Oscar De La Hoya and Al Heyman embracing Friday after the after the weigh-in in the bowels of the MGM Grand in Las Vegas in a emotional hug, even though they had just been suing each other for Heyman essentially stealing uh, De La Hoya's Golden Boy stable a couple of years ago to launch the PBC. If you were going to play the conspiracy theory card, and we all get that itch to do that because boxing is shady, right? I mean, industry rule number 1080. I mean, come on. Would you use that scenario from Gabe Oppenheim to try to fuel your argument? You know, for me, uh, the, that, the, the, the hug between Oscar and Al Heyman, you know, picks if it happened, um, is that that isn't sort of like the the trump card for me in that i for me it's just it makes sense i mean and and look we know that chavez is not good we know he's pretty you know it, it, this 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 performance was terrible but it wouldn't really have surprised us or looked suspicious uh if they had just had the fight but because they did have the all the ridiculous pageantry and the, the and the planning that had to go into uh creating that uh triple g canelo announcement after the fight Raises the question. It made me wonder. Yeah, I mean, and, and like, if, if again, if we're if we're recording Saturday night, maybe my first answer is conspiracy because the after a the, few modellos, right? Yeah. Well, you know, gotta, gotta. Um, but like the the total the, the lack of effort from Chavez in this fight is hard is hard to explain. That he never he didn't really do anything to convince me as a as a watcher that he wanted to that he wanted to be in the ring at all like it's one thing to be outclassed it's one thing to be bad um but this this look you know knowing the way everything played out after the fact it's not hard to look at that and be like well maybe maybe you know maybe he took a little something extra to lay all the way down yeah and it's so disappointing rafe because it's one thing to he's you know he's royalty in boxing like you know he's the court jester of the royal of the royal Chavez family but he's still royalty in boxing especially in Mexican boxing so it's one thing to throw away your career and eat cereal and pink undies and not train and, and get popped for marijuana because people will forgive that because I think there's a relate people can relate to somebody underachieving to not giving their best. But there was really no excuses in this camp. I mean, you want to play double, triple conspiracy theory. He had Memo Heredia in this camp as a strength coach. There was no excuses. This was his last chance on this level. There was everything coming together where, look, yes, I drank the juice. I wrote the story that said he might be the most live underdog Canelo's ever faced. Because what is one thing he does great as a fighter? He rehydrates. He comes into that ring 25 pounds heavier than you, even though you're in the same weight class. And with Canelo moving up two divisions, there was, there should have been potential for this to be a, an interesting fight. If he could corner Canelo, if he could do all the things we talked about in the previous show last week. So to see him tarnish his family's name, you know, not just by quitting on his stool against Fanfara, which came in the cloud of that five-year dark period where he wasn't taking his career seriously, but to have what should have been his full-circle moment where he came back and gave his best effort, where even had he lost competitively and respectfully, we still could have booked him future big fights. I think it was, you know, quadruple, five times more sad to watch him tarnish the, the name of just not just Chavez, but of Mexican boxing in general on the Mexican boxing Super Bowl and the it in so Rafe transitioning out of here you know what's next for Chavez he says that he's going to go back down to 168 but what does his future actually look like who would trust him in a main event to to perform even against a, a quasi jobber coming up two weight classes what does his future actually look like it, did this destroy and kill his brand to you 
Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, he he fought like he doesn't want to be a, a boxer anymore, which we see in fighters sometimes. Uh, and usually, when that happens, you don't see guys turn it around. They don't. They don't go rediscover the spark. Um, uh, I I, I kind of hope he doesn't fight again. I don't see him, you know, getting any better as a as a boxer. I don't see him. Uh, and it just seemed that that performance was so kind of, you know just lifeless that that he doesn't belong in a ring anymore he get, wow. you know he's just gonna get hurt and Hashtag i don't want to take it. rafe I, I got a little heat caught a little 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 fume from that a little hot little little you know little salsa on there man it's it's, it's you know that's you, you when you're talking about this you know boxing it, there's no sport i think that where like humiliation occurs in such crushing and and kind of you know naked ways as as boxing you know where when when a guy doesn't belong in there or when he you know when when you can you can see you can see a man give up on himself or or just not try and 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 then and while that's occurring take a beating and it's 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 uh i mean there's there's it's it's brutal and and some people probably don't even ever want to see that it but uh, it's also what makes the sport unique. Uh, but Chavez, I don't think it, it, you know, is a part of that. You know, doesn't that? Yeah, he doesn't want that life anymore. No, and he doesn't deserve it. I mean, to be really honest, after that, and you know, heel to the end. Not only did he throw Nacho Bearstein, the Hall of Fame trainer, under the bus after the fight, he just showed that look. He had no connection emotionally to what actually happened. I mean, he even came out with the comment in the post-fight interview. At the press conference, essentially saying, you know, when they asked how good was Canelo, who just, you know, lit him up and destroyed him, he's like, well, you know, he's good, but he's not as good as the, as the Martinez I fought five years ago. So it's like heel to the end, he's going to pile on Canelo, but he's also just going to show you that he's so disconnected from reality. And, and again, that's the saddest part. We got, we got to wrap it up on him because I don't really want to talk about him again. I don't want him in a big fight. I don't want to trust him with the keys to the car, even if he can give you that unintentional comedy. But, Rafe, before we get into what Canelo Triple G means, what it will be like, how how you get how you feel from that. What did you glean from Canelo's performance, and can you glean anything? Because you know, fluid combinations looked as good. Really, really, he looked as good as he ever has. But look, he's in there with a the corpse. Well, uh, first, Brian, I don't know if you can really qualify. Uh, uh, you know, Chavez's statements as a heel move when he's just speaking the truth. Uh, you know, sexy Sergio. Is better than Canelo. I don't. It was wow, look you know, at you. Look that, at you, that, Canelo that, hater. I'm a to... Mark, and I'm a bit of a Canelo hater. So that's you know ginger on ginger crime. On you know, he's speaking the truth, uh, and you're not going to get me off that corner. Uh, and, and also, just you know, uh, I'm sure Nacho will find a nice bus and roll it over Chavez's, uh, you know, boxing corpse uh, in in due time. Don't worry. Uh, you, you reminded me, like, at, you do you remember? And I'm sorry for the tangent, but do you remember when Nacho trained Alfredo? And going into the the James Kirkland fight and then he was on um then he was on 24 7 a few months later and he was talking about the fight and he was laughing he was like oh El Pero blew his load so bad you know <laughs> uh, he, Nacho Nacho would get his licks in um talking about Canelo's performance Canelo looked great I don't take anything uh anything from it because he was fighting a heavy bag like it, it, like Chavez did not do anything at all. You know, he didn't throw punches. He didn't move. He didn't walk forward. Canelo invited him to come engage so he could counter, and Chavez didn't. Like, he threw, the, you know, a, a, like a three-punch combination and walked away. Um, there's nothing to really take from it. Um, but I, I will. But the thing is, 
um, Canelo has looked great in for, for a couple of years now. And as much as I've hated on him in the past and kind of make a enjoy rooting against him, I'm convinced that he is that good now. I mean, I think that he he belongs in in top ten pound for pound conversations. And I and I'm and a couple of years ago, uh, I would have joked about you know Gennady Golovkin destroying him, embarrassing him, outclassing him, hurting him. Uh, that's a that's a fight now that as a as you know uh, a conductor of the Golovkin you know Mark wagon um, you know scares me. I'm gonna I'm gonna Whoa, be scare. scare. Scare is a harsh word, and that's a perfect transition into getting into the announcement of this Canelo Triple G fight. What the fight means, what we can expect, because Rafe. Scare is a really harsh word, and I didn't expect you to go that far because there's one thing that nobody wants to really admit here because it goes against the code, the creed of a true hashtag hardcore boxing fan. But Oscar, for all his all his ways, marinating this fight, you know, a year and a half, even if you want to be extreme, two years longer than it should have been, it made the fight hotter right now than it would have been a year ago, Rafe, because... Golovkin coming off a humanizing victory over Jacobs and in that interim of not making the fight against Triple G, Canelo, you know, banking a couple more big A-side paydays and what you said, going from very good fighter to arguably a great boxer or great boxer puncher that I think right now heading into September, this fight on paper, a lot more competitive in a lot of people's eyes than it would have been coming off of the con knockout last year where you and I both would have been like, oh man, you know, Canelo looks good and all with the, with the counter shots and the uppercuts, but you know, TKO four, when he walks into that kitchen and finally gets a smell and taste of that heat. Now people are like, we got to fight here. How much more does that impact the potential of pay-per-view sales a year later in your eyes? Well, look, Brian, I mean, this is a classic, I mean, and there's no way to avoid it, especially in boxing where, you know, fighters are in the ring infrequently and there's and there's a, just always this limited amount of information. So you're always kind of doing your best to read the tea leaves about everything. And and yeah, hindsight looks good on this one. But, you know, marinating, marinating fights is dangerous. You know, just ask Juanma, you know, I mean, the, Juanma Gamboa, the, you know, where, which turned just the term marinating into a joke. By the way, um, with, it, with Gamboa losing on Friday night. Getting, getting it's coming, quitting it's back. and it's getting time, stopped. Yeah. A lot of people suddenly on Twitter going, Juan Ma would have always taken his soul at any given year, at any given point. I don't know about the Balco years. I think Gamboa still wins that. But now, wow, sloppy Super Bowl. I'm down for that. Continue your point, <laughs> uh, though. But yeah, um, so you know, it's, it, in this case, I guess, I guess, I guess it worked out. You know, um, you know, the, the problem is, you know, if you run into a, a if Canelo had run into someone uh, like a middleweight Orlando Salido, who, who who had, you know, was able to change that equation, but it worked out. Um, I don't. I it doesn't change my level of anticipation for this fight. I mean, I I I, I think it. I think it's you know great for the sport. I, I'm excited it's going to happen. I would have loved it when it should have happened at least a year ago but you know you take what you can get in boxing you know and if it's anything closely resembling good for the sport you know we all got to get out there and start waving our flags being like hey boxing is back it's so good <laughs> well i had i had a flag waving moment on saturday night and i think a lot of people did and i like that your honesty is sort of off the start of the show saying i felt kind of played because look we've never seen a scenario i don't think ever where a fight felt was this awful and felt like this much of a, of a outright robbery of your money yet five minutes later we're doing hugs and hand pounds and like boxing is back and that's to me 
is because boxing got on board with the entertainment side of the announcement. Look, it was cheesy. It should have been directed and produced better. Golovkin coming out WWE style with like his own theme song, stepping into the ring. He didn't know where to stand. He didn't properly prepare a statement or some good trash talk. It was clunky. But I popped major for it, Rafe, because it felt like to me, and maybe you're going to think I'm going to go too far with this, and I'd like to get your take. It felt like boxing getting on board with the future, getting on board with going places where the UFC and WWE already has to great great success, playing up more of the entertainment side where it's not just, okay, we had this bad fight, and afterwards we're going to interview Canelo and say, hey, is it time? Are you going to fight Triple G? And then he gives us kind of a lukewarm half response, and then we go back into hibernation for a few months angry. This was, they had the next step ready. This felt like a UFC fight where a great fight ends, and then whoever's next comes right into the cage, and they pump you up. And that's called salesmanship and promotion. That means that as soon as this great one ended that I just spent money for, I'm already ready to pay in advance for the next one. It felt like for the first time ever, maybe, or in a long time, boxing did that. And of course, you know, they did that after even a fight like Porto Berto last month where you had Thurman come into the ring and sort of connect the dots. Boxing does not do enough of that. The PBC does not do enough of telling a story and connecting dots and having a timeline that this fight leads to this fight and it all makes sense. So I popped for that. I forgave Chavez Canelo. Now also, I did not pay for Chavez Canelo. I am the 1% that has to be said. I am a paid journalist who is getting paid to watch these fights. I did not pay $69.99 plus I know from the state of Connecticut, an outrageous tax, upwards sometimes of $20 to purchase a pay-per-view. I didn't pay for any of that stuff, Rafe, but I caught the feels from this announcement because it was different and it was entertaining. Where do you stand on that? Uh, I'm going to come in slightly cooler, a little a little more cynical about it than you, man. Uh, you know, I don't I don't understand what is the great entertainment value of of a video package and then Triple G walking into the ring like confetti, so bro. What? Confetti, all right? Like, confetti. I whatever, like, you know, I'm I'm like I it just doesn't it didn't it doesn't really move me. I don't care. Like, you know, uh, great. I'm glad they made the fight. That is legitimately great news, but I don't care that they're in the ring. And it it felt corny that like that they're that they're doing basically the first press conference after the fight. Like 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 Canelo, you should have been in a fight. You shouldn't be wearing a suit 10 minutes after looking like a million bucks. Like whoa, whoa like that 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 was just whack to me. All right, let me pause and, you there. I mean, I turned I turned it off. I, I wasn't trying to watch. I was just like, get me, get this out of here. I'm wow. done. With this. Wow. All right, let me pause you there. I mentioned Silent agreement, what Pacquiao did for Mosley. I think we both agree Canelo let Chavez coast the distance. Rafe, did he let him coast the di- the distance because he knew that Golovkin contract was already signed and we were going to do this dog and pony show and I'm not catching any counters coming back at me, bro, and getting caught with anything? Yeah? I don't I don't know, man. I mean, what, what, count, getting countered by Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., has that ever happened in a boxing match? I mean, even when he's trying and looked decent? Uh, I mean, it, it, you know, what... Canelo fought whatever. I think Canelo fought that way because that's how Canelo always fights. He's he's going to you know sort of pick his shots and and he's not gonna really go in for for a finish unless it's seen unless he notices a guy being you know badly hurt and and ready to go. Uh, he's always fought that way. And I I, I wasn't I I mean. I, I, I wasn't, you know, uh, especially as bad as the fight got, I wasn't looking real closely at his uh, CompuBox numbers, his punch, his, his, you know, how active Canelo was being as the fight went on. I don't know, maybe if he if he threw less as, uh, later in the fight. Um, but it seemed like his, his activity was there. He was still throwing hard punches and landing. And, you know, Chavez has 
you know, a bit of his father's chin, you know, I mean, he's like, you said, he, it's he there. walks face first into punches and unless he's, and, and, and no one else has really been able to, to get him hurt other than the great Andy Fanfara, you know, I mean, he's got that, that Chicago heat. <laughs> so I, I mentioned that I begrudgingly almost said like, Hey, Oscar's marinating tactic as, as really as piss poor, I'm going to use that term because when Oscar first said last year after after Golo- after Canelo gave up that middleweight title in last May to avoid facing Golovkin, which is such a anti-Mexican, anti-tough guy boxing move, Oscar suddenly saying, we want to fight him. We want to fight him in 2017 in the fall, though. Look, we, we, we ripped him. So I don't want to sit here and, and praise Oscar for that marination because there's a flip side to all this, Rafe. It's that Oscar and Canelo... In HBO, by by extension, like look like heroes after this announcement Saturday night. What left me feeling, you know, sort of having a bad aftertaste is they're only heroes for proving that they're not liars. Like the the bar has been set so low that we're only praising them because they did what they said they would in an arena where people never do what they say they will. Right? Like I didn't like that. Kind of leaves me feeling a little nauseous and fishy, and going back to the Rafe side on it. Yeah, I mean, and, and and also it it just you know the the karma you know you know karma Brian you know Oscar and Canelo they spent a long time teasing the bag, and you know what happens when you do that, right? You get the mess. Can- can- Triple G is gonna gonna bring the mess in that fight, uh, and I I hope it splatters all over Canelo's <laughs> face. So uh, this from a guy who who just said. <laughs> You're a little bit scared for we gotta you know I gotta I gotta be I gotta play your your PTI stack guy and go back and decode your words. You said on this podcast just ten minutes ago you're a little scared for Triple G now after watching Canelo last few nights. You how, first of all how dare you? You don't mean that right? I do mean He's that. Not I, walk think that Canelo, into I think that Canelo look has looks like he is ready for this fight. Um and and. He will, you know, I think he'll have some moments in the fight. Um, All right, I got a question that's going to decide that. I'm going to cut you right off. I got a question to you that's going to decide whether you're telling the truth and this makes sense. Who would you favor today in a Danny Jacobs versus Canelo middleweight fight? Uh, Canelo. What? Who are I don't think, you? Look, I, 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 I favor him in a classic Canelo decision, the likes that we saw against uh, oh, Austin Trout okay. and Eric Landy Lara. We're at least one a, Texas judge. It will judge. be a close fight. Canelo will land some good shots, and he will inexplicably be up like seven, you know, like like nine rounds to three. At the All right, so the fight would have to be at Jerry World with Lawrence Cole as the referee and possibly <laughs> Gail Van Hoy mailing in a 120 to 108 before the fight even started. All right, I, I think that's ridiculous because I, I, I think Jacobs would beat him, and I think obviously that's a reason why – Triple G didn't look as good. But as we wrap this, Rafe, early thoughts, Canelo, Triple G. My favorite my favorite question when we're sitting around at a boxing late-night establishment, you know, just just, just having some Modellos, if, if that's what you do, talking the game, I say, I throw out a fight, I say, what does this look like? Rafe, early thoughts, what does Canelo, Triple G actually look like? Um, I think that... I, I could see it going in a couple ways. I mean, there's still a chance. Look, I favor Triple G in this fight. I, I think that I saw some the odds that he's only what? He's not even a two-to-one favorite. I still think that he is a little bit uh, – it should be a little bit more than that against Canelo. But um, – I and, and I think that if Triple G 
ends up dominating, it'll be it'll look like the uh, David Lemieux fight, where Triple G basically dominates with the jab, and Canelo can't figure out a way to get around it. He'll try and he'll try and counter over it with the right a few times. If that falls short, if Triple G, uh, you know, can sort of control the range on that, then I think he will just uh, eat Canelo up. I think he'll hurt him with you know sort of you know he'll he'll hurt him with the jab, and then whenever he he wants to you know he senses a way to open up and 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 make things a little bit messier. Uh, he will come in with with his power punches to make things um, messier. Would there be any? Uh... <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, we'll pass by that. I think it looks like a, like I think it, the first six rounds it would look like essentially what you're we're saying is a classic boxing chess match, right? I mean, yeah. it would be Triple G putting in that jab and Canelo trying to get close enough to set up those counter shots. Which look high level chess. Sometimes when you, I mean, when it, when you, my favorite kind of fights are not just straight action brawls. My favorite kinds are high speed chess, like De La Hoya Mosley won. I don't think this would be high speed chess, but I think it would be chess with, with, with some big power, you know, in the back row if you needed it. I mean, there's an interesting fight. Event-wise, pay-per-view number-wise, this will be the biggest fight of 2017 outside of, uh, of any, you know, Floyd McGregor shenanigans, which we'll talk about in one second. But pay-per-view sales-wise, is this a 1.5 million, or, or can you not do that in this day and age unless you have a carnival aspect to pull people in? I mean, you know, Mayweather-Pacquiao destroyed pay-per-view boxing for the future. We've seen that in the play out of the numbers. What is this peak for you, business-wise? You know, I, I don't expect it to get 1.5. Do we did did did, did were number, have numbers come out on uh, Canelo Chavez yet? No, but I can't see. I can't even see Canelo Chavez doing more than so, seven, so eight, in, right? Unless, unless that broke a million, I don't. I, I don't think that we're going to see you know numbers that high for Triple G. As as much as this is a great fight for boxing, and we've all we've all want this. You know, I think we we've seen with Triple G's own uh, pay per view numbers that he's not that big a draw for the for the casual fan, and and. Um, that, you know, I'm sure that a fight this big will be well promoted and will get good buzz because it's a great fight and casual fans will be brought in. It will sell well, but I don't see it being like some massive, huge success. I mean, right. Because, you know, cause Cotto Canelo, which was, you know, a fuel spot, Hispanic fight on both markets, Puerto Rico and Mexico. What did that top out at? Just barely, just barely shy of a million. That's so right. You're... And Brian, can I can I can I backtrack a little bit? I, I like do a little more. What does it look like? Um, though I wanted to I wanted to say that like the way that I so I said that Can Canelo scares me a little bit as a GGG guy. Uh, I, I the way the reason he scares me is a couple things. Um, He's a, you know, he's a very good body puncher, uh, and we've seen it looks like Triple G does not like it to the body. Like when when Danny Jacobs hit him to the body, even when Kell Brook hit him to the body, he he he. That, those are some of the only times we've seen Triple G back up and and sort of you know be like, oh, I, I don't, you know, he that seems to we've seen him look more uncomfortable from body shots than headshots so far in 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 his competitive fights. Uh, the other thing is is uh, that you know Triple G, he it seems like he. He likes to take turns, you know, with his offense. He doesn't punch with the other guy. So, uh, and Canelo, except you know, for Danny Gill, except for except for the yes, washed yes. Danny Gill. <laughs> yes, washed Gill, unfortunately, got 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 Triple G punching with him. But against uh, Jacobs and against uh, and 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 against Brook, he kind of let them, you know, step in throw their combinations, then he would go back to working his jab and setting up his own stuff. And uh, I think if, if Triple G lets Canelo step in and, and throw his punches against him, uh, Canelo, you know, uh, has a shot to hurt him. So that's, that's, that's a little bit more of what it looks like. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I don't, I, in the event, I, I think it will be big. I think it will be great for boxing. I don't think it's going to, uh, you know, save the sport and make it the, the, the number one thing that, you know, every American sports fan talks about and looks forward to. What well, did Larry It doesn't need that. You can't fix boxing. You can only make it worse. No, he said. So he said it can never be saved. And you can never can, fix it. You can never. It can save never it. be killed, and it can never be saved. Wow, it's, that was really great. We, we took us four times, and we didn't quite get. If I was fifty years younger, I would have gotten that right on the first time. Uh, the last thing here, Rafe, is that elephant in the room, and his name is Floyd Mayweather. And there's only one thing he cares about, legacy-wise. It's beating you at the negotiating table, and beating you as the sport's biggest draw, and beating you as the only conversation that truly matters. You have to believe when Triple G Canelo became a surprise announcement on Saturday, right? It tipped the, you know, it tipped Floyd's ears up. We're led to believe he's in discussion with Conor McGregor for a boxing super fight this fall. I have my own conspiracy theories on that. That the UFC, as much as Dana White says he's trying to help, will do anything he can to make that a difficult fight to to actually come to consummation for many reasons do you think though that this escalates that situation that this that that there's a part of floyd that is vindictive of course and super competitive doesn't want to see canelo take his mexican holidays and take them for himself already in the last two years since he retired do you think there's part of floyd that's like ah screw it i'll take less if i have to let's just sign the dotted line make this mcgregor fight happen and make it september 16th because we're going head to head with you brosov yeah, that was something I first read on Twitter. Uh, uh, Andreas Hale, uh, you know, shout out to the Corner Podcast. He he um he he said that, and I uh, I kind of I like the idea. I think it's pretty funny. Um, you know, I, I it seems unlikely. I mean, what uh, McGregor is waiting to have you know for his wife to give birth. Uh, she gave birth. She, Connor she, she gave Jr. Birth. Oh, is in right, this well, world. All right. And by the way, he, he already has his own Instagram account that's uh, verified and has right, like right. an obscene he's, amount he's of followers. He's a brand in himself already. Congrats to Connor on that. Um, sorry. So that's out of the way. It's still it, look. It, there's still a lot of you know. It's still unlikely to to get done that fast, right? I mean, for for them to I announce. Know, dude, come I mean, on. You think Dana like Dana Al Floyd? They're all gonna just get together and be like, oh, we you know we got to one up Oscar here. We got to get him yeah, back. They're, no, they're bro. Need... I I know about the secret. <laughs> hug in the bowels of the MGM all right something's going on here they're gonna need a lot of waiters to to set up this fight and Les <laughs> Moonves better be involved um yeah I, I think uh I, I think it's unlikely you know also I think it's unlikely that 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 uh I mean McGregor you know will will be able to turn himself into a uh, a boxer who can who can fight the best boxer of a generation in uh four no, months that's a, that's a whole uh, another topic but I think you were right on that but hey if somebody offered you 50 million right you'd do whatever it took you'd find I'd probably in take it. it I would probably take it and it, you know what I I, I it would be a a wonderful Floyd troll move. It would be that's a heel uh, turn. Very that's... funny. It would. Be, I, I even though I want the you know boxing to, to do well in this this uh, this fight. Canelo and Triple G is great for boxing. Uh, there's also that side of boxing fans that loves to, loves to see the apple cart get overturned. <laughs> whether it's a whether it's a crazy upset, you know you know uh, whether it's Austin Trout beating Miguel Cotto and Canelo in the crowd with the Canelo face, like oh no, um, you know or something like this, you know messing up everyone's. Uh, well, best best laid plans again. Uh, it's fun to watch that, and even if uh, uh, it's Floyd, someone we don't always root for doing it, uh, I, I I would I would I would catch some feels off that. There's fight. no soft play for Floyd, right? It's either ruin it by fighting McGregor and do a dual head head pay per views. It's not like all right, I'm going to come back and fight Sean Porter and do it on CBS and, and, and pull a Vince McMahon against uh, WCW and just try to screw your pay per view, right? There's none of that. No, no, Floyd don't do that, right? Floyd, Floyd, you know, it's all above board. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, hey, Rafe, emergency podcast was ordered. We delivered Canelo Triple G. It will be coming to you. Boxing, it may be back, Rafe. We're going to have to keep talking about this in the future weeks and months because the sport is teasing that it might be back. You know, get out there. You, 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 listen, you hear this. You see something. Say something. All right. You like this. Give us that five-star review. Rate us. Subscribe. iTunes. All those places that you find, find podcasts. The WWE Pod will be back this week. Special MMA UFC edition. Rafe on the way out. You got to book it's out there tell right tell people about it again it's available to be purchased yeah thank you canelo and triple g actually for making this emergency boxing podcast necessary because <laughs> now we get to announce the book on the day it comes out today may 9th uh two and two mcsorley's my dad and me it's a memoir history of mcsorley's old ale house in new york uh where my father is a career bartender where i grew up and worked a bit myself and um if you're interested uh please you know check great it out father and son think. story all right great for, we'll have mark kriegel narrate the uh the documentary later on when we finally put this on the screen But that is it for this week. You'll be hearing more from us in the future because boxing is back. We out.